And welcome everyone to another exciting episode of the Coruscant Pulse. It is June 19th, 2017. We are exactly 178 days away until The Last Jedi hits theaters. This is episode number 74, and with me as always is James and David. Hi everybody, how are you doing today? I'm enjoying the rain and thunder and lightning, thank you. Very cool. Although Tom, I've got a question for you. Shoot. What are you going to make a sick-ass bumper for us like you did for Dumpstat Radio? I was thinking the same thing. Well, problem problem herein lies, is our listeners now know that the network is up. However, we're looking at some of our analytics just before this show, and we saw a drop-off in uh, listeners and in activity in other areas, and we're all trying just to find out what the heck's going on and uh, see if everyone, we're hoping everyone's still getting the show. People might need to resubscribe. Uh, we're working on it on our side, but uh, we're going to get our uh, little network here going, and uh, we'll we'll get some music going in a couple weeks when things kind of settle. Yay! Yeah, we can. Uh, those things take time. Those little fun little bumpers, they do take a little bit of time. But uh, yeah, the Dump Stats live, Pub State Media's live, the internet you can at least stream it, and everything's on iTunes. We're just we're looking to see. Hoping everyone's getting it. If anyone's having problems, shoot us an email at coruscantpulse at gmail dot com. But if you're hearing the sound of our voice, you probably aren't having problems. So yay, that works. But anyway, on to Star Wars. Quick little story. This actually dropped today before we get into our uh, more pressing news. Uh, the autopsy report for uh, Carrie Fisher was made public today. And uh, it appears that she had, uh, according to the, I believe it was, was it the L.A. Corner, she had uh, cocaine, small amounts of heroin and methadone and MDMA, which is ecstasy, a very trace amount in her system at the time of death, which probably caused the sleep apnea, though they weren't saying for sure that's what it was. But all those drugs in your system at the age of 60 probably aren't for the best. To be honest, though, it's nothing new? No, I mean, he had all kind of suspected that maybe some sort of drugs were involved or her history of drugs had caused her uh, early death. Well, I'm not honestly, I'm not sure that that it's entirely related because it was the sleep apnea um there's a wide range of causes for that yeah but sleep apnea with drugs in the system your your respiratory system is heavily decreased yeah the apnea could have could have been, been caused by the drugs yeah, and they don't know that for sure, but... Yeah, but I mean, like, it, it, there's just one thing that I've heard going around, like, some people calling it, like, oh, no, this is related to an OD, and it's just like, it, it's really not. Like, her body has gone through a lot. She was not healthy. She was on a flight when it happened. It, it just, overall, it was just a bad, bad, you know, experience. I think you're probably right, but, but the EMT in me tends to think that it's more related to the drugs than not. Nothing to do with the fact that apparently she, like, loses consciousness on every flight. I mean, if you know you lose... Again, yeah. Like, there's a lot of other stuff about it that's just like, yeah, she wasn't exactly a very healthy person. Well, those other times, was she using drugs, you know? Yeah, that, that's the question. We will not know. What we do know is that she did have a problem with substance abuse, and it is very sad. I did like the thing Billy Lord said about her mother, and... uh yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's still sad that she died 60s too young, and, uh, you know, we'll just have to go on from there, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so that was that was a nice way to kick off the show. <laughs> Thanks for the depression, Tom. Don't worry, I'm sure we'll end here, too. 
But, uh, so yeah, so on the, on the happy, stupid video game news, uh, happy fun. Uh, looks like, uh, D23, the upcoming D23, we're gonna be getting a closer look at, uh, some Lego Star Wars games, along with, uh, some Battlefront 2 stuff. Yeah, you know, I've tried to get into the Lego games in general, I just have not been able to. Really? Because, I mean, like, as far as I can tell, they're, like, fun little platformers, but, you know, I just haven't been able to. It's kind of like there's there's so much loot connection stuff or loot collection stuff that I just I don't dive into. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't go nuts playing it for the loot collection. I just play the last one was disappointing because it, it was only one movie right like the first two were fun because one was the original trilogy and one was the prequels and it kind of spanned three movies it was a lot of gameplay the first one felt like it was more loot collect the last one rather felt it was less gameplay more loot collecting but some of the mechanics were a lot better so i guess it's a fair trade-off me and david do have a mutual friend who plays this with his uh i believe six or seven year old son and he they love playing it together it's like the perfect game they have a blast yeah i think if i had someone to play it with on the couch next to me it might be a little bit different he said that you know it's uh you relive part of the movies they're silly you know they're kind of like the uh pixar movies where there's some humor in there for adults that goes right over the kids heads and it's a lot of fun yeah the, the, i agree they're, they're definitely a lot of fun but i am more excited for the battlefront 2 piece uh tom when you read that news any news on if that was going to be a new multiplayer demo, or was it going to be uh, some more stuff about the single player that they've been pushing but not actually showing us? Ooh, I, I don't know 100% on uh, what that sounded like to me. I don't know. I was just, I'm more towards, uh, more towards waiting just for D23, and uh, I'm more excited about the uh, possible last stand, uh, standalone film announcement coming out. But anyway, that's off topic. Yeah, to stay on topic, I think we might be getting some of the single player in that demo. And the reason why I think that that is the case is because, correct me if I'm wrong, James, but I think the book comes out around then, doesn't it? Yeah, I feel like the book comes out in July, so, so a couple more weeks. Yeah, so I could definitely see them doing maybe demos of the first, like if there's a prologue mission or something like that. Because if I recall, that's actually how LucasArts explained the Force... The Force Unleashed, the first demo or the demo that they released to the public, I believe, was the one where you walk around as Darth Vader um, on Kashyyyk. I, that, that's so long ago, I can't even remember. We've had so many Star Wars demos and videos since then. Or it's our brains because we're getting older. That's a little bit of both. Yeah, I don't know. What, what would you be more excited to see them announce, David? I would be more excited for the single player because... To be perfectly blunt and honest, the single player is where I need to make up my value. Multiplayer is fine, multiplayer can be fun, but if I'm plopping down $60 for, for an experience, I need the experience to have a consistent, you know, win to it. And I feel if they do the single player right, regardless of, you know, whether or not multiplayer is balanced, whether or not multiplayer is super fun or not, I feel like if they do the single player right, I will be happy to have spent my $60 there. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I'm with you on this, Dave, because my recent gaming experience, I don't have a lot of time to play multiplayer. Like, I can when I can, but when I can't, it, it, it's a long time when I can't. So, for me, I, I want to have a nice, enjoyable single player game that I can play at my leisure. 
Yeah, and to be perfectly honest, part of it's just being absolutely selfish too because, you know, I, I too have very limited gaming time and when we do have that limited gaming time, if we play multiplayer, typically we are the we are not great and because of that, like, our experience kind of lags because we don't know how to carry. Although our experiences in Battlefield 1 might say a little different. You say this every time. You apologize. You're like, sorry, Tom, I wasn't any good. I'm like, dude, you finished in the top five out of 64 players. What are you talking about, man? Like, every match I play with you. Yeah. Like, well, oh, I'm no good at this game. And you're, like, just headshotting everyone. It's very bizarre. <laughs> Battlefront is different from Battlefield 1. I feel like I understand that. enough about, like, the history and overall tactics of Battlefield 1 that that'll happen. Battlefront was a very different beast, especially because so much of the power in that game was surrounded by the star cards where if you didn't have the right star cards you were toast i could agree with that to an extent but yeah i did see in that new trailer we got a couple days ago from e3 they did have like what looked like to be some robotic suit and a holographic papeltine head and some sort of droid it looked like or android yes first uh, revealed actually in empire's end i believe so what, what those things are, are essentially, Palpatine has a bunch of these emissaries that are, you know, clad in royal guard robes and the like, but they project Palpatine's face on their faceplate, and they are delivering Palpatine's last orders. The, the thing that we talked about uh, when we did the book review, that Palpatine had this poison pill for the Empire, and what they're going about doing is implementing that plan and getting those loyal or those that he deemed necessary uh beyond the outer rim and out into unknown space yeah it's interesting to uh I, i'm not as interested in the story mode usually but in this one i am just because of what information we can learn from this game if it is in that gray area of canon that's something that's really different about this game from everything that i have heard it is not an agrarian of canon like it has been in the past. This game, they're putting on the same par as as a movie. Or maybe not a movie, but as a novel. Okay, so the, the, a movie will still trump whatever's in the game, but the background... Potentially. Filler, yeah. I remember Pablo tweeting that months ago. Yeah. yeah, because they're taking like overall a different idea for it, but the events that happen in the game, if not the details of what happens in the game, are actually canon pieces that occur. So like if in the story like a Star Destroyer gets blown up or something like that, that's all canon. The exact number of people that, you know, that Versio is going to kill, that is not canon. This is a question I posed to both of you with the single player story. Just how do you feel? I, I'm not coming from any point of view. It's just uh, I've noticed that we have a lot of uh, female characters now who are the leads and things. What do you guys think about another female lead character in this uh, game? Now in a game. We've had them a couple now in books, which we all kind of agreed they needed them really in some of the fiction. Two movies and now this game. What do you think? I mean, I, I don't really, I never really thought about it. It doesn't really come to mind. It's like, oh, it's just a person who's a lead or not a lead i like that they're using women more with the empire than we really got in the old eu but other than that i just never really thought about it yeah on my end i see it and it it specifically it does not bother me but at the same time 
I'm not super pumped about it, but to be honest, they could have basically put anyone in that suit and it would basically be like, all right, awesome, Empire time. Because, yeah, it's like that person to me, you know, isn't, I don't know, it's going to sound weird and wrong, but I, I don't, if you're a stormtrooper, I don't view you as being gendered in the first place. It's like, no, you're a soldier, you've got a job to do, and you're going to do it, and this is the tale of that job and that soldier. And how they deal with their command structure breaking down to the, what looks like, yeah, yeah bottoming out. Although, expecting that the command structure is going to break down, but potentially not, since you've still got Palpatine's uh, stuff there. Yeah, that's the interesting part. And uh, not to just totally avoid my uh, heavily loaded question, I'm always on the side of looking out for corporations and doing their pandering bit, but uh, it doesn't really bother me. I just was like, hey, finally a, uh, a bad guy who's who, who is a female who actually has some depth to her other than Captain Phasma. Hey, Arinda Price or Arinda Pride has plenty of backstory and character to her. And I mean, the, Phasma has a ton of backstory. She's getting her own book, and she got thrown in a garbage compactor. How how do you need more backstory than that? Ugh. Yeah, I I am I'm very wary of uh, corporations preaching gender equality. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to this. Is a cool story concept. This is kind of like the Finn thing that I really liked where the bad guys maybe they'll have a change of heart towards the end of the game or maybe they're just a zealot and they're going to deal with it throughout and they're going to die a zealot or not change and just or maybe in their death or something you know we'll see them give birth to the you know what the first order is probably you know something more closely related to that but uh i'm more interested just to see the story but uh i did see a lot of internet trash talking here and there and i was like yeah well maybe this is something to bring up about because i did see a lot of it all over the fucking internet I, I will say this much. They they had the mocap and voice actress who's doing Versio's character in Inferno Squad and in Battlefront 2. And her delivery at E3 left a bit to be desired, so I think part of it is that. But yeah, there's some people out there who are just kind of rejects. Yeah, and, and I do know that most of uh, people commenting on things on the internet pretty much could be trolls especially when it's done anonymously but uh yeah i think maybe the best performance i've ever seen in that type of was from far cry 3 with uh the character voss never played far cry 3 or any of the far cry to be honest with you oh my god yeah it's uh it's excellent the motion capture they did so if we get something like that out of here i don't care if they're uh alien well i'd always i'd always prefer if it was an alien character but that kind of would be hard to make sense of with the empire but uh yeah, whether it's good or bad, I hope it. Uh, I hope it uh, is really something uh, that's good. You know, they have a really good, memorable storyline in there. I was thinking of some other video game storylines that are like, damn, if they just made a movie of this, uh, it'd be pretty solid. Yeah, and and honestly, that is what I'm hoping for this specific uh, game. I'm hoping that this game delivers that kind of experience. Yeah, because Battlefield 1, it was fun, but I felt it kind of lacking. Though it was split, it, they were splitting you up throughout the whole war all over the planet. Uh, this one, yeah, it would, it'd be fun to have that really immersive uh, storyline. Yeah, and depth of tactics as opposed to just more jump casters. True, true. You mean you, you want actual, actual characters that have depth, not just uh, shooters? Yeah, that, that would be nice. Well then, sir, I, I suggest uh, Far Cry 3, the story mission. 
of the story mode. It's okay. I'll just play Republic Commando again. Oh my god, that thing. You're going to wear out your computer playing that game. I don't know how. I don't even know if that's possible, but I think you're going to you're pretty close to wearing it out. I have downloaded that game multiple times now because the installs eventually do get corrupted. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, no. I've I've played through Republic Commando, I think at least 6 times at this point, and it's an older game, but if Battlefront 2 story mode hits Republic Commando level, I will be absolutely thrilled. Or even the original uh, Battlefront 2 was pretty solid with the 501st. Yeah, that that was fine. Honestly, though, I'd probably be a little disappointed if we got something like that. I, I am looking for a bit more of an immersive game, but we'll see what we get. Yeah, and that one, too, was kind of at the limits of the technology. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they put in a really good story mode into a game where they didn't, couldn't really support that type of story. Like, they, they really did a good job. They went above and beyond with it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree with you, Tom. I mean, but if that's all we got, I'd, I would not be happy. Honestly, I, I would not, probably not be happy if all we got was a Battlefield a battlefield 1 style story mode, where it's just a couple quick vignettes from different sections of the galaxy. I think some of the, if they expanded out some of those Battlefield 1 vignettes, I could be satisfied. Specifically, the Australian one, I felt was really good, as well as the uh, the one where you played that Arab woman, who I'm blanking on her name. The one who fought with Lawrence of Arabia in the game. I don't know. I, they weren't bad, but I feel like all of them need a little bit more fleshing out. Like, the uh, without going on a tangent about Battlefield 1... I don't want that in Battlefront 2. I gotcha, I gotcha. Well, let's, uh, we're getting into Battlefield 1, Battlefront 1. We're going to get confused again, so let's move on. <laughs> we don't want to have a repeat of last episode, but to repeat something I did bring up last episode, and I did see some official internet rumors kind of correlating this, is that Ryan Johnson might want to scale back Snoke a little bit. Oh, whoa, that's not something I heard. Yeah, where did you hear that? Yeah, I'm reading this uh, article on the nurse from May 26. It is written by one second, Michael Arbiter, Arbiter, the Arbiter, Pro probably butchering his name. But yeah, I'll read a quote from the uh, article. As it turns out, the last Jedi director Ryan Johnson told Camp that Snoke's part will be downgraded even further for this second chapter of the new trilogy. I asked Ryan Johnson about Snoke, who slash what is he? Camp said on Reddit. And Ryan was fairly upfront in saying that Snoke is not a character he particularly gets to gets into in The Last Jedi. Hmm. End quote. So yeah, so it looks like uh, we were saying last time that maybe Snoke, uh, one of these reveals who is Snoke, who is Rey, is not going to be touched on. And it looks like hopefully we find out who Rey is and they hint, give us a solid hint on uh, who or what Snoke is. But uh, if you remember the original trilogy... We kind of get a little glimpse of the Emperor in uh, Empire Strikes Back, and then he plays forefront and center in the third movie. This could be something similar to that. So then how does that make you feel? Uh, pretty disappointed. Not in the least as it wastes another movie without a strong performance by Andy Serkis, because Andy Serkis is an incredible freaking actor. I'm still in shock. I, I, why do you bring me such bad news today, Tom? Yeah, I'm going to have to rename this episode. Like, I had a whole, like, kitschy thing going, but now it's just going to be episode 74, June 19th. Uh, David and James now hate everything. 
Hate is a strong word. In Philadelphia on a Tuesday, 3, 3 p.m. Yeah, I'm sorry. But, no, I mean, thank you for letting us know. Um, It would be really weird to me because it, it's not just that you'd remove Snoke out. But if Snoke has a lesser role, that also means by extension that we don't really get to see Kylo do any kind of growth or have any kind of major scenes with Snoke. And that was something I was really looking forward to. Hell, even Hux. You know, having them having Snoke explain to them what the next step of the plan is. Like that, if this rumor is true, that doesn't happen anymore. Well, uh, we could just get that scene. That could be yeah, something it might at just the be beginning. The one scene. But then, yeah, then there's no growth there. Because if you think about it, Snoke was in, I think, four scenes in The Force Awakens. Yeah. And a couple of those were pretty, like, powerful scenes. The only way I feel like Kay is if they're not planning on killing off Snoke, whoever Snoke is, at the end of Nine, and Snoke becomes, like, the, the Thanos. That could, that could be. Then we need to know... We need more backstory. We need we need more information. Like he can't be a Thanos if we don't know anything about him. Yeah. But I'd be like, if they don't give us much of Snoke in this movie, and then Nine gives us a fuck ton of Snoke, but no clear resolution to as a as an issue, kind of like almost like Vader fly, you know, the uh, Tie Fighter flying away after uh, the Death Star blows up. You know, give give us a cliffhanger and what happens to Snoke that he's still out there. I could see that. I mean, we don't need much battery. He's Palpatine. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I was going to say Mace Windu, but I figured either one would elicit the same reaction. Yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, sitting here trying to figure out how I feel about it all. Because really, it is... If there's someone backstory that you're not going to explore in this episode, in this next movie, Snoke is probably the one I'd pick. just really would have liked to pick it as well. Because if if we get backstories for Finn, if we get a backstory for Ray, if we get a backstory for Poe, if we get a backstory for Hux and for Phasma, I would be pretty excited about that movie still. Like, Snoke isn't the linchpin for me, but... Uh... We got old characters, and then we, all, we also know we have DJ, uh, Lord Dern's character, I forget, Admiral such-and-such, and then uh, Rose. Yeah, I think we're going to get dumb backstory for Rose. The other characters, I don't feel like we're going to get much backstory on. I think it's going to be more that they're there to fulfill a a role, and that role is what they're going to fill in that movie. But I don't expect the movie to go into backstories for them, because I feel that they are accessory characters. Kind of like how Mon Mothman never really got a backstory in these Star Wars movies. I feel like that's sort of what we're going to wind up seeing. I was just going to cite her as an example, an important character, uh, but yeah, really a, a, a utility character or ancillary character. What would you say you said accessory? That's perfect. Yeah, like they are, they're there to up flesh out and to help build that world, but they are not the critical linchpin to the story. And in the future, like they're probably going to be expanded on fairly, fairly extensively would be my guess. It's just not something that we're doing just yet. Yeah, whether that be in uh, other fiction or possibly other films. Yep. You know, those are my thoughts exactly. Yeah, I, uh, well, like we said last week, I'd, I'd be good with just knowing about Ray and then a couple hints at uh, Snoke would be fun. Not kind of, you know, hammering out the whole thing, but we had talked about it last week and I wanted to bring it up real quick because uh, I was like, hey, maybe someone did report on this and I did a research. Holy God. 
research. You know, it's been a little bit overall of a slow news week, but I think the one piece that came out was the knowledge that, remember how we were all saying how, I think it was actually last week's episode or the week beforehand, where we were specifically talking about how the the movies don't necessarily know what's going to happen in the next one. In line with that, though, both Ryan Johnson and Colin Trevorrow now have actually added a scene into the movie before the one that they're directing. So apparently, Colin Trevorrow asked Ryan Johnson to add a specific scene to Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, And this is according through an MTV interview that was done. I mean, it's, uh, it's good to see that they're working together like that. I know the scene that uh, Ray and Johnson added to Evan was very simple. I think they removed BB-8. And added from, R2, right? Yeah, R2 was the one that went with Ray and, and Chewie to go find Luke as opposed to BB-8. Yeah, specifically um, on MTV's Happy, Sad, Confused podcast... They asked him, you know, Ryan said that he asked JJ to make a small change to The Force Awakens where he wanted R2 to go with Rey to uh, Akto. Um, And he asked if there was anything where you asked Ryan to make a change or adjust something. Or, hey, could you do this because of an idea for something in Episode 9 that'll pay off? And Colin Trevorrow responded, there was one little thing. It wasn't an adjustment. It was just, could you shoot this one extra thing while you're in this place on this day? And he did, which was great. That is something that I found kind of neat and interesting. You know, that there is going to be, you know, a direct tie there. And one of the reasons why I personally find that interesting is because I wonder if that means that the if 9 is going to follow directly after 8 the way 8 is to 7. Because I think a while back we were we were speculating whether or not there would be a, another time jump, even a shorter time jump, like the one between 4 and 5, between 7 and 8, as opposed to, no, we are picking up like seconds after you left. Yeah, and in that case it would make sense for uh, certain characters being left out and them having to do these little continuity things that would pay off. Yep, exactly. Could you imagine they asked to do something like Rian Johnson asked J.J. Abrams to do something and J.J. Abrams like, nah, dude, I'm, I'm cool. I don't want it. Um, no, from I knowing what totally we know, see that. yeah, from knowing what we know, I don't really know what J.J. Abrams did. I mean, I just use the two of them as an example. I'm just saying, like, what if uh, Tr- Trevor had asked Rian Johnson to do something and he was like, meh. I can see it happening. How dick of a move would that be? It'd be a pretty big one. But at the same time... As a director, you do have the authority to say, no, this isn't going to go in the movie this way. True, true. Yeah, especially if it's something big and outlandish. That just wouldn't work. Rian Johnson was like, yeah, all that shit you did, I need you to redo it all. Because it's shit. (laughs) J.J. Abrams like, no, no, it's cool. Don't worry about it. We got this. Well, you got this. I I did my part. Good luck. (laughs) Yep, very much that. Uh, so let's see, what else was out there? Uh, so, the Han Solo film crew, apparently they've designed a bunch of shirts for themselves, and there is, my favorite one, has got to be this one that has this really cool, like, Solo, a Star Wars story kind of logo on it, which, according to Pablo Hidalgo, isn't the official title of the movie, isn't the official title of anything, and that's not an official logo either, it's just something somebody mocked up, which is fine. Uh, it's kind of what I expect from, you know, 
the crew for a major motion picture, to be frank. The fun part is, is on the back, it says, we shot first. And that was a nice little fun callback that I, I enjoyed. And it's a cool looking shirt, to be perfectly blunt. I'll be heavily shocked if we don't see some sort of a, whatchamacallit, a, uh, why did I just have a brain fart? A callback, a callback to uh, Han actually shooting first. Oh, where Han definitely shoots someone first in the next movie? Oh, yeah. I will, I will bet everything I own that that will happen. Yeah. Everything. I mean, I, I won't bet everything I own, but I, I'd bet five bucks on that. Everything, including everything David owns. Uh, hmm. hmm. That might be a bet I have to take. <laughs> he, he, James is looking for that sweet, sweet X-Wing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can you, see that. You'll be mine, my precious. Yeah, but crews do, crews do this throughout movie history. I remember for, uh, especially if the production's, like, running long or pain in the ass, it'll be like someone will print up shirts. It's kind of like a joke. Kind of like a little morale boost. Yeah, and, and they're just neat little cool things. Like, it's there's I don't feel like there's anything to look into here. It's just something that looked cool with Star Wars related that I thought, hey, this is neat. I think it was uh, The Abyss. They handed out t-shirts saying, I survived the shooting of Abyss, and then the year it was made because it was such a terrible, like, technologically frustrating production. I was actually just reading something about that very recently. Ed Harris almost died. Yep. Like, he was drowning in his scuba mask, and James Cameron just kept filming while they were trying to fix it. And by the end of it, Ed Harris punched James Cameron. And now you know. Yes, indeed. So, I guess a question I've got for you guys is, do you think that at D23, we're going to get at least images of the Han Solo movie? Like, not even a trailer or anything like that, but maybe the first official poster or an official, like picture of woody harrelson donald glover my god i'm blanking on who's playing han solo's name uh what was it alrin eldrick or something yeah, I, I can see us getting a little something i i'm convinced that we might get another teaser for the last jedi which would be fine with me yeah i'm kind of hoping we get that but i am i do want to see the official photos for what donald glover and aaron eldrick are going to look like as han solo and lando calrissian yeah i've seen plenty of uh, photoshop mock-ups online i tell you yeah and some of them are close but i want to i want to yeah. see it because i want to know the aesthetic and oh, honestly i want to know what the hell woody harrelson's character is going to look like He's going to look exactly like his character from uh, Zombieland. Complete with Banjo? Absolutely. And a Twinkie. Yeah, it'd be, uh, I'm, I'm still hoping for Alien for him. Big green lizardy alien. That would be nice. Just just do like the super deep old callback. Yeah, that'd be fun. Want me some more aliens? I think then I've got a quick question for you gentlemen. I only answer questions posed in the form of a question. That's helpful. So, my question to you is... Who is the best dad in Star Wars, considering that Father's Day just passed? We're talking any form of Star Wars. Book, movie, legends, non-legends. You know, if you could break it down in both who is the best dad overall, then who's the best dad in the movies, the best dad in new canon, and the best dad in legends. Because I, I think that there's a lot to pick from. In the Star Wars movies that we have seen so far, there... The best dad, in my opinion, is Jango Fett. David, you might ask, why so? And it's pretty simple. 
for me, he's the only one that really takes the time to raise someone else. You know, you could potentially argue for Obi-Wan and Anakin, but that didn't work out really well. Jango Fett, on the other hand, like, your introduction to Jango Fett on Kamino in Attack of the Clones is he is teaching his son spearfishing. Granted, in, like, this weird little, I guess, aquarium, but he's still teaching him specifically in that moment. Now, in terms of the new canon who I think the best father is, I think that has to actually be... I, I would pick Kanan, uh, just because he... He's a very human character. He's not the he's not the smartest, he's not the wisest, but there was a scene at the end of the Last Rebels uh series where Ezra meets Obi-Wan, then winds up going back to Kanan. And Kanan goes, "Why didn't you stay with him? He could teach you so much more about the Force than I can because I I failed as a Jedi. I never passed my trials." And Ezra just turns to him and just goes, "You know, I don't need to know that much more about the Force. I need to know what it takes to be a good man in this galaxy. I need to know what it takes to to be a family. And, you know, that's that's why I'd, I'd say Kanan Jarrus is probably the best new canon. In Legends, and a big reason why it is so hard for me is because most of the stuff I've read was in the New Jedi Order era or beyond when everything was kind of going to hell part of me is inclined to say part of me is inclined to say corn horn but i really don't want to give that answer because it's like what is corn horn bad at the answer is telekinesis because they introduced a flaw to him but aside from that he's like every goddamn thing like he's he's one of the greatest pilots he's one of the greatest uh, what was it? Strategist. He's one of the greatest investigators. He's one of the greatest lightsaber combatants. And he's also, in my opinion, from what I've seen, probably one of the best fathers. Nope, I changed my mind. It's no longer Cornhorn. Do you want to know who it is? It is Booster Tarek. That is the best father and the best grandfather in, in Star Wars. That uh, raise any thoughts with you guys? Well, for me, it's kind of like best of the worst. I mean, there, there's really no good fathers. And from what I can think of, maybe there's a couple floating around in the EU, but it's my brain is uh, ravaged by the perils of time. So I'm uh, I'm just going to have to cop out and say Cornhorn because I, I always loved Cornhorn. I know David hates him, so I'm going to put in my vote for Legends. But out of the movies and the, the new canon, who shit, they're all pretty terrible. And granted, I haven't read all of the... Uh, terrible parents i i mean uh i haven't read all of the novels but no i think that's fair but all right so just from a movie perspective though you agree with me out of all because they're all terrible fathers in the movie but Django's probably the best of them right i mean we actually see him with his kid in a normal relationship as opposed to everyone else we kind of don't but i mean he's training his kid how to be a killer and how to kill jedi hey that's his culture uh, yeah, I mean, he's part of, I guess, the old Mandalorian ways of the Death, Death, uh, what are they called? Death Watch or whatever? Yep. Yeah, which those guys are uh, homicidal maniacs, so, you know. I mean, apart from minor characters in, like, the Clone Wars that had good, uh, good parents. How about you, James? You got any thoughts? My first initial thought, and this is kind of where I've stuck at, in the movies, 
I think that the best father on display is, um, I'm blanking on his first name, but it's Lars. Owen Lars? Owen Lars. You think so? I do. And here's why. He raises this child who he has no relation to. It's his nephew. Well, is it? Yeah, I'm not, a, he's not a it's blood a step, relative. It's a step-nephew. Actually, yeah, you're. I would say Owen Lars and Aunt Peru, or, or she's not, Owen Lars' father. He's the only one. He's the only one. He raises this kid who is his step-nephew, not by blood, because he was the child of uh, Shmi Skywalker's husband, uh, raises this kid. Obi-Wan gives them this kid. For all we know, and David may correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't followed up in this era as much, he knows that this kid is the son of Anakin, knows that Anakin was a powerful Jedi, knows all this shit went down, and he raises this kid as if it's his own and tries to really do right by him. You know, the, the kid's trying to go f- go join the Academy, and, you know, he's trying to temper Luke and maybe keep him from getting down the same path as his father. I, I, I think Owen Lars, as stepfather, deserves the nod as the best father in the Star Wars movies. I think Jango Fett is a very close second, but for me, the reason he gets taken out of the equation is because he's decidedly a bad guy. He wants to kill, you know, he follows the homicidal death death ways of the Mandalorians. And sure, for his culture, he's raising a great child, but best father overall? Meh. Yeah, you put, like, you put Jango Fett on Earth, like, he's just some, like, crazy Branch Davidian, like, Waco type you know, living off in the woods, ex-military, teaching his kid to shoot at federal agents. Like, he's he's not a good dad. Well, now that you're saying this... He's crazy. Like, you ever see a Jedi around here? You you, you, you shoot him. We're doing, you know... We, we're not paying... We're not paying uh, Senate taxes. We're gonna start our own army. Secede. Like, he's he's batshit. But Owen Lars is just a, a moisture vapor, a moisture farmer. Yeah. Trying to raise a kid that's not his. And, uh, you know... Honest work for an honest day's pay. Salt the earth. Wake up. Get to work. At the end of the day, eat your food. Go back to sleep. Wake up. Do it again. Yeah. There is that one actually really fun uh, old Dark Horse comic. I think, James, you know the one. Specifically the Darth Maul one. Where Obi-Wan gets beat by Darth Maul. You want to know what happens then? Owen Lars with the blaster cannon <laughs> blows him the fuck away. <laughs> I actually remember that. And that, that for me, was a fantastic one. We don't ever need to talk about that again. No, we do. will always need to talk and remember that no. one. No. Always it's, forget. It's, it's, it's legends we have to talk about ever again. Cannon wipe. God bless it. I love it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over it. I mean, we lost the best character ever, Corn Horn, but we got rid of a lot of stupid... So that that's my take for the best in the movies. The best in the new canon, um, yeah. There's not a whole lot to pick from here that I like. I'm gonna originally I was trying to think like, oh, you know, like maybe one of the characters from Lost Stars. But I was thinking about it, just like, no, Sierra's parents are one of the major reasons why like she is so screwed up at the end of things. And then Thane's parents are just a bunch of jackasses. So I'm going to go with Chewbacca. He leaves, basically leaves the rebellion after helping to free his home world to help, you know, to be with his son and to continue fighting to uh, get, you know, free his home world. 
You are right on that. I forget. Did he or did the uh, Kashyyyk courts intervene and was that like state appointed alimony he had to do? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he, he was enslaved along with his son, I believe. Okay. I No, I think he busted his son out. Well, I mean, at the very beginning. If, if this is, you know, the courts get involved in his, you know, I mean, I don't know. I joke. But yeah, so in the new canon, that's my pick. And then, Dave, what was it, just the Legends, the last yeah, one? Yeah, like, who, who's your guy in Legends that's just like, this is a cool dad? It's Corrin Horn. You know it to be true, James. Come on, James, dig deeper. I'm trying, I'm digging deep. Hey, my first two I dug pretty deep. Hold on. Owen Lars, come on, come on now. Oh yeah, I appropriated that. But come on, come on, go deep, go Booster Tarek. No, no, no. Even though he was a pretty pimp dad. He was a fantastic dad. Not only a fantastic dad, but a fantastic grandfather, too. Who else shows up to save their grandson in a goddamn Star Destroyer? I, I, I'm i not complaining about Booster Tarek. I think he's a fantastic dad, but I want to just, just let me simmer on this for a hot second. He's trying to goat you with the character's use of Imperial military technology. Don't listen to his lies. I, I I I caught on to that. That was a that was a pretty nice attempt there, David. David is truly the evil Sith Lord in disguise. All right, all right, all right. I will. I'm going to give you two answers. One is going to be crazy and out there, and the other is Booster Tarek. All right. I, I will go that Booster is probably one of the best fathers in the old legends. But here's my out there answer and my reasoning behind it. Anakin Skywalker. What the fuck? So, Anakin Skywalker does a lot of fucked up shit. However, at the end, when it mattered the most, he saves his son's life. And then, subsequently, not long after, he comes to, I think, he in the truce at Bakura, he came to lay in a vision and basically apologized for what he did. He may not have been the best father for the entire time but when it counted when it's st- not when, when it counted for luke and after the fact he did try to be what he should have been all along so you're saying he went the jake the snake route he eventually turned into a good guy after years of drug and alcohol abuse i i am saying that i mean if it wasn't for him his son would have been dead he turned at the last second yeah, but a part of that part of that was his son Luke knew that, and I'd say Luke manipulated that situation, or Luke in 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 terms came to peace with that. Do you know what? In order to really get him to turn, he's going to have to see this. I've always maintained that belief that he threw his saber away, knowing the good I felt in him is either going to take over here, or or I was wrong the whole time. I, I'll buy what you're shoveling there. In a way, he had to let go of his own fear, too, in doing so. He had to be unafraid of his own death. That sounds pretty accurate. And like I said, this is a crazy out-there idea. I agree, Booster Tarek is probably the best father in the Legends. You didn't choose Corn Horn, but you made you made a good uh, you made a good argument for Anakin, though I, I, don't, I don't... Yeah, I'm on the same page as Tom there. I don't agree with your argument, but I understand it. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Maybe, like, behind closed doors I would agree with you. But uh, out I mean, here on the podcasting <laughs> public, I'm going to have to uh, disavow even knowing you. I, I no longer exist. But it really wasn't a bad idea. No, no, you had good. I've had worse. Personally, I have had worse. No, it was a good question, David. I, I didn't. I, I like me a good question. Well, then I've got a follow-up question for you guys. Oh, shit. Never mind. Don't like good questions. I'm done. All right. Well, who's the worst father in Star Wars? Because, you know, as as we were saying... 
we're kind of spoiled for choices from that end. It's just like who who who's your preference? Uh, hmm. Uh, granted, we don't know the context of the whole story, but I'm gonna have to go and uh, say out of all three, Han Solo. I'm gonna have to say the worst father is the Force. Oh, I get it. Uh... The, the the Force sired Anakin Skywalker, which gave us all the rest of the shit, all the bad shit that happens in the Star Wars movies that we have seen is thanks to the Force. Well, in Legends, I have an easy answer there, and the answer is the Emperor. Do you guys remember, like, oh, Triclops yeah. and, and the stuff from the Jedi Prince series? You really don't, because that was a children's book, and I think you're both, like, a year or two older than me. I did read it, though. Yeah, so, yeah, he, he far and away, worst dad in, in, the, in Legends. Not even close, in my opinion. Well, you could, you could even argue, uh, all joking aside from mine with Han Solo, uh, you know, you, you could argue he's the worst father figure in legend in the canon as well. Who, uh, Han Solo? No, Palpatine. Maybe, uh, I guess if you consider him, like, as a foster father for Anakin, the only thing is, is that I really don't specifically because most of their interaction occurred when he was older. You could also argue that Jango Fett is the worst father for raising a homicidal bounty hunter maniac. He raised the best in the business. Best in the business who got taken out by a blind guy and couldn't even shoot a distracted Luke Skywalker who was 10 feet away. Jango Fett actually killed Jedi. I saw that shit. <laughs> More importantly, it, it, as Tom said, if this was Earth, he raised a, a Branch Davidian cultist. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you could throw a rock and hit a bad dad in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> that you can. I don't know. In terms of the movie dads, though, part of me wants to say Obi-Wan. Because Obi-Wan, if you consider him like a father to Anakin, kind of failed pretty tremendously. But at the same time, like, I'm a little bit nervous about making that claim, though, just because, you know, the way Obi-Wan framed his relationship with Anakin was as a brother, as opposed to as a son. Because that's specifically, like, the things that he's yelling at him in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, that's what the character says, but that's not how I felt. I didn't really feel like they had a relationship, but anyway, that's for another time. Oh, you didn't feel like they had a relationship? At all? I feel like I saw one actor trying with some stale dialogue and the other one just falling flat. That's all I saw. There was no chemistry between them at all. Not even, like, pseudo-angry chemistry. Oof, that's rough. Uh, in the new canon, in terms of worse dad, though... <laughs> Barney wants to say Wedge and Tilly's. <laughs> and that is specifically as a stepdad uh, or a surrogate father figure to Snap Wexley. Specifically because it's just like, hey, you know, uh, what was it? My mom's in trouble and you're not doing a damn thing to help her. And then, like, Wedge, like, going along and helping to, like, con Han into helping him go go do something absolutely goddamn crazy. Just didn't have the, like, the strength of spine to, like, say no to Snap, really. Or rather, to communicate with him effectively. How about you, James? You got any, any more bad dads? I mean, we could just go down a list. Yeah, they're all terrible. I mean, yeah, they're not... Uh, J Jackson Solo. Yeah, Han Solo is a bleeding legends. Nah, I'm saying Jason Solo. He yeah, I know kid? what you mean, but he he kind of fucked up with his kids and. He had a kid with Tenel Ka. Oh man, 
Um, and he was basically like a father, not a father figure, but a, a mentor. So yeah, close to a father figure for Ben Skywalker and killed his fucking mother. I mean, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, let's see who else can make that hit parade. Some of the guys were effective fathers. Like, I'd say Jango Fett was effective, but he was a bad dad. You know, Palpatine might have been an effective father figure. Kenobi might have been an effective father figure. And even Yoda was effective, but they weren't necessarily good. Yeah, and I think that's one thing. It's like, we have to make sure that we are we're separating out people who had a father kind of nurture relationship versus those that were simply instructors. Especially because outside of Django and Han, I don't think that we meet many like actual fathers in Star Wars. Yeah, Qui-Gon Jinn is another one that is kind of a weak father figure. Yeah. A weak character all around. That's ah, just because he killed him off. He could he could he would have been stronger in Attack of the Clones. So much potential. Uh, they could have just had Obi Wan do everything he did. Not yeah, I'm not gonna get into this right now. Had Obi Wan lose the apprentice and then uh, he take on Anakin as he had found him. However, you know, because he said he was his apprentice, that kind of makes more sense with what Alkina says in A New Hope. Yeah. Instead of oh wait no there was this other guy. But a Sith Lord who looked like a demon killed him, but actually then we didn't kill him. I ended up having to kill him. Like, five, actually, he 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 did all this stuff. I actually shot him out, like, 100 yards from this hut. You want to go see his body? But that's a whole other story. Yeah, well, I, actually, the new canon of his death is... Uh, Doesn't he kill him on Tatooine or something? He still kills him on Tatooine. Kills him in a really, really fast lightsaber duel. The longer and more epic, the better. Fucking Darth Maul, the regenerating Sith Lord. Oh no, he gave up the ghost. He he wasn't angry enough when he died, so he ain't coming back. Until they want to sell more shit. Nope. I mean, to a degree, I'm right. We now have a Darth Maul comic. So he's back, just not back from the dead. You son of a bitch. I did like very much how that was a George Lucas idea, not Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni did specify that. Made me like him all the more. He's like, hey guys, I'm my idea. I was just told to make it work. Yeah, I'm still drawing a blank. I mean, we, we've kind of hit the bad dads as far as I'm concerned. Like, the ones that obviously are bad dads. Yeah, I think so. You're like, I'm I'm kind of racking my brain and outside of, like, some fairly obvious ones. Like, you know, Han Solo's dad probably wasn't great. Um, What, I, what are you talking man, about? Man, I want to know if Lando has a kid. He did not in the Legends universe that I remember. Oh, I know. I'm talking about the new canon. I, I do wonder if they have the new Lando having a kid. Yeah, his name is FN2187. But, but uh, I thought Samuel Jackson claimed him for Mace Windu. Oh, that, that, would be, um, that would mean Mace Windu had to have survived. And I'm a fan of that. Tom, take us out of here. We've entered into a dark realm. I truly am a fan of the idea of Mace Windu surviving. All right, folks, we're uh, we're well off the rails here tonight. <laughs> no, we're not. We're still well on the Star Wars rails. No, Going the rails. off the rails on a crazy train. Yeah, this is uh, this has gone uh, pure batshit crazy. So we're gonna go ahead and end it here. Want well, know what you guys think? Who is a good dad? Who is a bad dad? Legends, canon, movies, books, comics, whatever. Let us know at uh, CoruscantPulse at Gmail or hit us up on Facebook and or Twitter. Also, if you're having any problems with the RSS feed, finding the show, give the resubscribe a uh, 
a try, and if that don't work, uh, shoot us an email at puppastatemedia at gmail.com or coruscantpulse at gmail.com and let us know. Or hit us up on Facebook or SoundCloud. Want to give a shout-out again to Red Leader Antilles for your comments. The unofficial official forum mod, we appreciate your commentary, as always. And as always for everyone else, have a good week, and may the Force be with you. Have a good one. Dun, 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 dun. All right, sports fans, uh, this is a little, uh, we're adding on to episode 74 because uh, I think we had referenced this before on the show. Sure enough, uh, day after we're done recording, something happens, but hey, all three of us were uh, jump on and talk for a little bit here about uh, the news that just dropped right here on uh, June 20th, 2017, and that is uh, the directors of the Han Solo Project, what are their names? Well, their names were Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. I mean, their names still are those names. <laughs> they are, they still, yeah, they were able to leave with their names, but uh, they had creative differences and are no longer on the uh, unentitled Han Solo project, which is coming out. And we we're kind of like, we got to talk about this. This is big news. I mean, they're in production. Yeah. Yeah, they're in the middle of production. They they wrote and directed a bunch of really successful films, specifically Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, The Lego Movie, 21 Jump Street, and 22 Jump Street. And they were making this movie, and apparently it wasn't what they were looking for. That seems insane. Also, everyone is receiving this information with the hottest of hot takes. Because understand, at the time of this recording, this news is less than two hours old? I was just uh, screaming at the wall and family members, whoever would listen, uh, about a whole myriad of things when I read this news, and I'm like, wait, we got we got to talk about this. I've calmed down a little, but man, I, I'm saying it now. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy sucks, and uh, she needs to step down. She's just the worst. Be- before we go nuts here, well, before before Dave goes nuts, Tom's already hit that point. Oh yeah. We have to also remember that. Uh, the movies they've done, right? They were successful movies, but, I mean, the Lego movie was for kids. I've never seen Cloudy with Chance of Meatballs, but 21 and 22 Jump Street, and I believe they're also producers of MIB 23, which is a crossover between Men in Black and 21 Jump Street. Um, they're all very heavy comedy movies, right? So maybe their direction was very incredibly comedic and Lucasfilm was like, you know, this is, we, we, we like a comedy, but not this com- comedic. Do you know what I'm going to say to that, James? <laughs> I mean, damn, you got these people for this purpose. What the fuck were you thinking they were going to pull together? Holy shit. Yeah, why would you hire these guys? I mean, it's just, with the, with the rumors with Rogue One and Gareth Edwards and, you know, that ending was reshot. I mean, you could tell watching that, that that... That, that ending had a different tone from the rest of the movie. There were tonal things wrong. Character developments were really good at some points and then lacking in others. It, it had the feeling like that movie was recut heavily. And with Michael Arndt leaving Episode 7, problems with Rogue One, and now this, I, you know, who's, who's, in, who's at the head of this ship? I mean, this has happened in the Marvel Universe, but partly because, partly too, with the Marvel Universe, they've made... 40 times more movies than the Star Wars movies have made. You know, how many fucking movies have they made now with that? It's been going on eight years they've been making films. Uh, a metric fuck ton. Yeah, and they're just, they're, I mean, this is the third movie now where they're having major problems. And that's not good. No, it certainly is not. 
And I really think one of the biggest problems that I've got with this situation here isn't, isn't that they decide to go in another direction. That's fine. My problem is that not only have they decided to go into another direction, but they are keeping the goddamn release date. All that means is you're going to get a rushed piece of crap movie that we were talking about we're not really excited for anyway, and this just, ah, uh, like, as of right now, I'm, I don't, I'm probably not going to go see it opening night. Yeah, un understand that. Me, I'm probably not going to bother going to see this movie opening night. Yeah, like... These are things, too, that you, in the vetting process of hiring director, directors, you find out. Exactly what you said. How did you not know what you were getting? Look at these guys. Talk to them. How do you not know this is the type of film they're going to, you know, you're looking at their scripts. You you listen to their pitch. You have storyboards. You know, this is, to have it halfway through a production of, on, a, on a major film is just asinine. And... This is stuff that should have been taken care of uh, at the ground floor and not uh, halfway through a production of a, of a major film. And if you do, push back the goddamn movie. But you want to know what this has made me super excited for? It has made me super excited for D23. Why do you might ask? Because that is probably going to be the first time that they're going to be forced to answer questions about this. Forced to answer questions is a strong t statement. They will just ignore. Oh, man, I don't know how they can. I mean, a reporter needs to come up and say, hey, you guys have had some problems. You had Michael Arden leave. You had uh, rumors with reshoots uh, going with uh, Rogue One. And uh, now you're getting rid of your directors halfway through uh, movie number, what is this, movie number four. And you're only uh, four movies in. You know, you guys are having some issues. What's going on here? Uh, someone needs to ask that question to them, and uh, yeah, they could totally give a uh, lawyered response, but uh, these are the things that the press and fans need to start asking is, uh, wait, what's going on here? You know, we've lived through the uh, the Lucas bullshit of the prequels, uh, you know, this is uh, getting to smell and look like the same beast we were looking at, you know? Yeah, I mean, this... You know, now that I'm breathing again, and my blood pressure has dropped back down to levels that my doctor says are acceptable, there could be legitimate reasons. You know, they could have wanted to take certain characters in a direction that Lucasfilm just doesn't want to take those characters. Uh, because, you know, they, they tend to... They don't tend to, but they have done fairly raunchy humor as well. And if they were pushing really hard for that, I could see that as being something that Lucas is just like, that's, that's just not going to work here. If they didn't give it up, then you know, then yeah, you you do have to split a again. I would say that if you're going to do something like that, then you know, push back the movie. And yes, you're going to take a hit on it. But I think right now, with their whole announcement that they're not pushing it back, I feel like they're going to take a much larger hit. I'm cautiously optimistic. Let's see what happens. Holy crap, James! I don't even understand. Like. I can understand not being upset. I can't. I can't understand being optimistic. What about this looks good? They they announced it. <laughs> to me, this is this is a repeat offender. Now we're dealing with. Okay, you've you've stood before the judge before. This isn't a single offense. You're now. Uh, this is the third time here we're doing this dance. Look, I mean, a lot of what Tom just said, the tonal differences in Rogue One and everything, like, I, I didn't get that. Like, I got a little bit of it, but it didn't take out. It wasn't a problem for me. That being said, I'm optimistic that 
Disney, once they actually get a new director, the director will sit there and be like, can't be done. And they'll have to push it back. If you remember, episode eight was supposed to come out like what, a month ago. Yes. And they did push it back, even though that was the announced date. So, I mean, this just happened. Shame on them for not properly vetting the directors to the point where they have creative differences at this stage of the game. So shame on Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy for that. But I'm not about ready to, you know, call out the tanks and and storm Disney's headquarters because they're going to hire a director. And that director is either going to be competent or not competent. And hopefully he's competent and goes he or she is competent and goes, you know what? This can't be done by by the, this due date. You're going to have to push it back. And either Disney will say yes or no. And then maybe this director will say, well, I can't do a proper movie and bounce. So let's – there's definitely some issues. Like their back office has some serious work to do. Unlike Marvel, they have only done three movies, you know, uh, since the takeover. So th- th- there are expected hiccups. Yeah, but the first four, four Marvel movies – were not wrought with this much bullshit. Are we sure about that? Yeah. I mean, I I don't remember. Where were the first four Marvel movies? We had Iron Man. Hold on. The Google. Yeah, we got to go to the Google. I know they parted ways over uh, the direction of Ant-Man, but that was, I believe, pre-production. Yes. That was not halfway through principal fucking photography. Yeah, like, that for me sounds crazy. Because, you know, same thing, honestly, in uh, Wonder Woman. Apparently, originally, that was going to be a Joss Whedon film before they pass it on to someone else. Uh, and from the script that, that leaked, uh, probably a good choice there. Holy crap. I know the only the last time a major director left during production was uh, the Fantastic Four reboot. You all remember that movie? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, no one should. Wait, so they were they were doing legit filming at this point, right? Oh yeah, no, they've been filming since last summer. Yeah, that that that's a huge. They can't possibly release on time now. They just can't. Well, no, they're just going to keep all that footage. Yeah, but like that that's going to be like you understand now. They can't. Sir, you underestimate the power of the dark side. My friend, I am steeped in the dark side. I live the dark side. This is beyond dark side. This is just buffoonery. That's that's where it's like why who's in charge of this <laughs> like who's bob Iger? <laughs> no he's not it's it's kennedy the you know this as marvel it's kevin feige and for this it's uh it's kathleen kennedy and it's like look what are you doing who are you hiring are you vetting these people and we we're talking two episodes ago on what's the overall arc for your trilogy well they're keeping that real cloak and dagger mysterious you know do they actually know what's going on all these rumors coming out about uh, rogue one well n- now who are you more likely to believe uh the corporate suits or the little rumors of people saying they're working on the project and leaking it to twitter you know it's hard to say what's really true here i don't know for me, in my opinion, all these little things add up. I'm I'm likely to believe uh, one thing over the other. But yeah, okay. So the first, the first uh, six Marvel movies were Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, Thor, Captain America, and The Avengers. The only one that stands out there might have been some issues was the Hulk. Yeah, I believe uh, Ed Norton didn't want to be involved in that, but he was signed to a multi-picture deal, so they. Uh, they kind of were like, you have to do this in order to 
fulfill your contract i believe i could be wrong he was like fuck no and they were like well uh yeah yeah it was a contractual thing they're like we want you to be bannon he's like i don't really want to do it but whatever believe we we don't know for sure but uh yeah i mean those i mean he had pretty solid films and it's i mean comparing it to marvel's i think a valid argument because this is the same parent company that owns both of these production studios and they're doing the same thing they're building a cinematic universe Marvel seems to be running like a well-oiled machine where Lucasfilm is, they've gotten across the finish line, but now they're starting to have a bunch of engine problems. And, you know, what what the hell is going on here? Yeah, I think that for me, I think that we're going to get some of those answers at T23 because I've got a quick question. There was a lot of rumors out there that was saying that the big piece for D23 was going to be the Han Solo movie in announcements because that's where they uh, announced Colin Trevorrow was going to be the director of Nine. Do you guys still think that they're even... Do you guys think that they're just going to paper over the entirety of the Han Solo expectation? Or do you think that they're going to try to do something there? Quick, guys. We need to get a full-length Episode Eight trailer. Because it's like, hey, wh- what are what are we going to use? You know, Are they going to show a bunch of footage like Rogue One that you're not going to see in the film? You know, what What are they going to bring to tease to show if they bring in another director and realize, okay, this is the direction we should have gone, and then everything they showed is uh, now retconned? Oh, my God. You know why this came up now? Because the suits finally got their hands on rough-cut footage that was going to be showed at D23, and they were like, what is this? I bet you nobody's fucking steering the ship. Oh, that would be horrific. I mean, it, it, the timeline fits. Yeah, here's your rough footage. What? James, that's a good theory. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's just... It's a shame, because I was looking forward to a comedic hand solo film. Or just competency. I, all I want is competent films. Films that aren't repeats of uh, other films I had seen. Get a director who has a, a vision for a film you want to produce. Produce it. Push the boundaries of some of the art form. These movies are going to sell, irregardless of what you really do in them. Because it's Star Wars, and you're using... Especially with the sequel trilogy, you're using the original actors and actresses. People are going to go see these fucking things. Push the boundaries with the science fiction. Don't have it be these, you know, soft boot reboots that are lame. You know, I don't want to see these fucking movies. If you're going to do something different with Young Han Solo, do something different. Don't have it, you know, ah, it's just aggravating. But who knows? I, I would love to sit in a room with uh, Michael Ardent, Gareth Edwards, and uh, these two guys and uh, see, uh, get their side of it and then talk to Kathleen Kennedy and the other suits and see, you know, get her side of it. That'd be an interesting. This is all going to be a good book uh, 20, 25 years down the road. Yeah. Nope, they've signed lifetime NDAs. <laughs> I'm kidding, but maybe they have. Like, yeah, this is this is just upsetting because it's and it's weird how upset I am over this considering how unenthused I was for the Han Solo movie altogether. Like, I, I maybe I just didn't realize how much I actually was looking forward to it. Well, and it's like... It's like our own our own little podcast network, right? If we're coming out with podcasts and the shows just aren't working or things are breaking down, it gives you that feeling of who's running this? You know, this doesn't seem professional, even though we are amateurs. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's who's running this ship? And it just, it's that, you know, you, you lose confidence in it. And like David said, you lose so much confidence, you don't really want to go see the movie anymore. Yeah, it turns into one of those situations where there are a couple movies that I've sat out on because it's, even though the reviews were good, it's just like, man, you know, I see what people are saying. I just don't see how this could be good. Yeah, oh yeah. 
yeah, that's happened to me more times than not. Where it's like, you know what? I uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here through this thing. I'm gonna be real curious to see if any more news from this thing comes out by the next time we record an episode. I, I would be surprised if Disney doesn't start at least starting to put out their side of the story. But I think I'd also be surprised if we don't have an additional statement from the directors. Yeah. Nope, those NDAs are going to get in the way. We're not going to hear the full story for a long time. Here's the thing, though. Like, if they signed an NDA related to, you know, the creation of the film and that kind of thing, the circumstances around their firing, they can probably give some detail around that. And I doubt that they'd sign NDA for that purpose, specifically because they have a lot of leverage there. Like, Disney, like, I can't imagine Colin Miller, or the two directors, Colin Miller and Philip Lord, were leaving the film on their own prerogative. Like, they had to have been pushed out. And if they were pushed out, that means that Disney's the one without the leveraging position. Make sense? Which means that they don't have to sign shit, because if they don't sign that, they can just keep working on it, and keep doing what they want to do. You're not wrong, but at the same time, I'm sure a company like Disney and Lucasfilm, somewhere in their NDA, is a non-disparagement clause. Oh, I'm sure. I'm just saying that, you know, maybe that part doesn't apply here. But we'll see. I'm sure a team of lawyers will figure that one out. Certainly. Oh, I doubt. Yeah. I have full confidence that uh, if they want to get rid of anyone, they, they don't really have to fear any type of reprisals. Lucasfilm, I mean, I'm sure those contracts are tight. Just from hearing uh, Mark Hamill talk about how his contract worked with uh, Episode 7, <laughs> where, you know, the balloon payment comes at the end after the movie's been released. That was one way to incentivize uh, no disclosures of anything. And uh, so I imagine there's something similar with this in the wake of uh, being uh, terminated from the picture as well, that that would still apply, that they're probably going to withhold final payment of whatever agreed salary they have until the end. I'd imagine it'd be uh, something similar to that. So we might not hear anything from them apart from a similar thing of, you know, we had creative differences. We loved working with them because they don't want to burn no bridges, even though they probably had some strong, me- you know, meetings in the back where they might have been screaming at each other. You know, we'll never know. But, uh, you know, it's all uh, to save face. I assume. I don't know. But anyway, we want to know what the fans think, unless there's anything else we want to talk about here. Uh, we want to know what you think the fans about all this and uh, shoot us an email. Shoot us a comment on Facebook or Twitter and uh, let us know. Send us some smoke signals. Yeah. Morse code. I'm so sad. It'll be okay, but it won't be. I'm so sad. It's okay, Dave. It's okay. It's not. It's not okay. It's not, but you can pretend.